Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> And welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Ripley. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Now it is Jordan who is COVID. I am. (laughs) If I sound weird or if there's strange pauses, it's just a cough or blow my nose. Don't worry, I will edit out all of your weird sounds. Don't leave it. I'm very meticulous like that. COVID ASMR. <laughs> the amount of COVID ASMR I edited out of the previous episodes, very high. Oh, very God. High. <laughs> so we may have already talked about this in like season one or season two with Allie, but I always think it's good to revisit a ghost topic. Such as this one. Where or who would you haunt as a ghost if you were a ghost? Well, I um think I have a pretty good answer for this. And it kind of coincides with how I always thought I would die. Which is having my body mysteriously found in a dumpster. But oh now I have somewhere for that dumpster to be attached to. I would love to haunt a dive bar. Like, Shut up. Wouldn't that be so fun? Like... You have two options. You can sit there and ask if you can sit with the lonely drinkers, or you can, like, slowly ease into the big parties. Like, there's so many ghostly angles you could go in from. (laughs) Ghostly angles. (laughs) Ghostly angles. Leave a little bit of ectoplasm, you know. Oh, yeah. Goop all over those guys. (laughs) Bring them into the bathroom and have a little Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. uh, What's her name? Demi Moore moment. What about you, Ripley? If I was going to haunt anywhere, I would either haunt a bookstore, so I'd have something always to do, or an aquarium. Ooh! I think that would be a lot of fun. And then I could hear all the crazy stories about, why is there a ghost at the aquarium? Where did she drown? Did the sharks eat her? And then it would just be really fun to listen to. (laughs) If you're going to die, you need to quickly throw on, like, an old fisherman's outfit. Like, put on, like, a mop beard yeah. and, like, a yellow rain jacket. Oh, my God, yeah. and a hook. Make sure you die with a corn cob pipe in your yeah. mouth. Okay. <laughs> this is very important. I'll keep that in mind. What about you, Jasper? Honestly, I think I would want to haunt the mall. Mm, yeah. The ghost haunting the ghost. You would kind of have to hope that the mall would, like, stay in business for a really long time. Like, I don't know what would happen once it was, like, defunct or, like, got knocked down. But there's just, like, a lot to do and lots of people watching. I guess what I'm saying is my main concern with ghostliness is getting bored. That's why I said bookstore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Honestly, other than that, the only place that immediately comes to mind is literally the pharmacy I work at, because I think it'd be hilarious to fuck with the people who come in. Oh my gosh, yes. 
They're so mean. They are mean. Also, I feel like there's employees that I could really torture. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it matters if we name names, since I don't think any of my coworkers listen to this, but Corey. Oh my gosh, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> anyway, anyway, inside work jokes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is season four, episode 15, Death Takes a Holiday, the one where Dean gets ghosted. This episode was written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Steve Boyum, and originally aired on March 12, 2009. This certainly was an episode. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was dense. Um, dense is a good word, a good word for it. There was a lot of content happening constantly. <laughs> yeah. I think perhaps one might be able to sense that I find myself feeling a bit lukewarm about this one. Yeah, I agree. I will say from the cold open, I had really low um, expectations. I do feel like it was better than I thought it was going to be. Definitely. So that's What the fuck were they even talking about in the cold open? They were like, you're addicted to fantasy football, bro. (laughs) I was like, wow, straight people are weird. Yeah, I was like, they're speaking. (laughs) Saw Greek to me. I did not understand. I will say they did have a black man in a cold open and he was not possessed and brought to violence or to have been violent. So that made progress supernatural. There you go. A a one-off guy who's not a demon and doesn't die while being black. Or be a dick. (laughs) There were some really good like one-off moments all throughout this episode though and the first one happens very early <laughs> floored by the lord yes <laughs> <laughs> best fake christian blog <laughs> yes that that was amazing that made me laugh really hard so bad which one of them do you think thought of that <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Dean, but I could see Sam doing it too. Yeah, he j- Dean just looked so smug. I think it during was that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Dean because in wishful thinking, when the when the lady asked Sam what book series he was working on, he just said Supernatural. So mm. not a lot of flair. Yeah, so. true, true. <laughs> oh yeah, so mm-hmm. off to a good start, guys. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, coming from the guy who. <laughs> <laughs> who was recommending the Jewish dating website <laughs> to an angel. <laughs> it tracks, it tracks. It feels like it's in character. Yeah. Oh, man. I love how early they announce it's kind of more of a Dean episode. Like, you can tell by the color palette, but yeah. they're, like, having this conversation with the guy, and he's like, oh man, I had this feeling that angels are watching over me. And it was like, they may as well have had Dean look directly into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, office style. Oh yes. I will say, even though it was a Dean episode, I don't know if it's the shots they made or how he was styled, but Jared Padalecki looked really good in oh this episode. Oh my god, episode. right? He was looking it was weird. fresh. I was like, yeah. wow. It was like, I feel like a couple of episodes ago, he was looking really good too. I forget which one it was. Maybe it was the one where they had like the 
the flashbacks um, with Ruby or whatever. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were mm-hmm. like, yeah, Jared Padalecki is large, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone fanning themselves a little. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I noticed right at the beginning Dean refers to Cass as Huggy Bear. Oh my god, I made a note about that too. Yes, yes, I was so excited. Oh my god, right? I I paused it, I like shrieked. I did too. I did not realize (laughs) that he called him that before um, season five, episode one. Season five. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize. And I was like, oh my god, this is just like a thing. And he thinks he's being so cute too. Like the little face he made when he said it. He's like, Huggy Bear isn't available. And I know. I just but love the f- <laughs> he's making like a Starsky and Hutch reference, but it's Huggy Bear. <laughs> right. I just love the fact that Sam had no weird reaction to it. So clearly he's mentioned this before. Oh my God. And Sam knew what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, of course, Huggy Bear, Castiel. Right. Yes. <laughs> As we all know him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, like, the fact that, like, we're a little more than halfway through season four, and like Cass honestly hasn't been in that many episodes. And even the ones that he's in, he's not usually in them a whole lot. Mm-hmm. The fact that Dean and Castiel by this point have enough of a rapport that Dean feels comfortable being like Huggy Bear. <laughs> I'm not gonna just call you Cass. So, like, basically, as we move forward into this episode, we go from this sort of, like, Dean is, you know, pondering faith healers and miracles not being real and blah, 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 angels watching over me, cynicism, cynicism. And then we get into, um, I think, what's the the core of the episode, which is this conversation that Sam and Dean are having on and off throughout it, or this conversation that Dean is having with multiple people throughout the episode, um, which is about the natural order. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Life and death. Not for them. (laughs) No, as they point out. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it um, it was interesting how they were playing it between Sam and Dean a little bit. I like yeah. their dynamic in this one, how they were talking about things and their different takes on stuff. Yeah, I like that um while like they're getting along fairly well here. Yeah. They both know like how they want to handle things and their intentions are split underlying everything. So I do think it makes for an interesting dynamic. Yeah, something that really strikes me about it is that um like similar to a lot of conversations they have where they're not agreeing they're sort of talking about two different things here so like dean is talking about being no different than anyone else in terms of what they deserve he is very caught up in like the why of it all uh, where sam is really just talking about facts and events and he's not really interested in the sort of like speculation beyond that he's like well this is just how it is mm-hmm. and i like i love how distinct their personalities are in this conversation like this is it's so true of them i feel like in you know just in every episode like dean is more concerned about the ins and outs of stuff and sam is like well this is happening we need to do this and do that and da 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 like he's very like pragmatic and on the go and <laughs> Dean is full of emotions. 
<laughs> Poor little baby. Yeah, he's just a tiny man with lots of emotions in his mm-hmm. pocket. Not that Sam isn't also emotional. It's just different, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's like funny to watch them kind of talk over each other or past each other when they disagree so completely. Yeah. Dean's attitude is kind of strange this episode. Does he seem like a little blase or like cavalier to y'all? Yeah. Like more than normal? <laughs> Especially for it being like his episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest moments of that, I think, is right here in this graveyard scene when oh. um, Alistair walks up and is like pretending to be like the groundskeeper or whatever. And Dean's just like, oh, we're not doing a Satanism. This is a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he just, like, gives up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Alistair just shows up. I was excited to see Alistair again. And I actually was kind of hoping for more emotion out of Dean from that. Yeah, he's just... Dean, every time <laughs> in this episode with Alistair, every time they they interact, he's just like, Alistair. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> and nothing else happens. But I promise we'll get more of them later. That's good. I'm like, make it real perverse. Like, show us like a, a, what is that called? Like a, when someone like comes around to like an abductor. A oh, Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want Ooh. in the future. Ooh. <laughs> the angst. Mm-hmm. The discomfort. <laughs> I can I... feel it all the way over here. I don't like it. <laughs> I too crave the psychic damage. <laughs> Sam has really good vibes in this episode also, I think. Like, the whole, like, graveyard scene and then later in the episode when he, like, comes up out of the astral projection, just, like, his, like, confidence in his powers and everything, A+. A lot like It's a Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. I just think it's, like, really cool when he's like, yeah, I can do shit with my mind and I'm good at it. I'm like, you go. You go, you little superstar. (laughs) Yeah, I do like super-powered Sam. I'm sad it's probably not going to last much past season five, I'm guessing, but it's fun. It is. I really wish that, like, more of the other powers, like, stuck around for the season. Like, could you imagine, like, if he was not just doing, like, you know, throwing demons around and exercising them or whatever but he was also like you know legit telekinetic still and like having premonitions and things like that like they could have spooked him up so much so much he could have been a spooky little guy but they were like no (laughs) that's too interesting we can't have him that interesting he's only a main character (laughs) yeah too much (laughs) too much too much tone it down it like you said it's so much fun to watch sam be super confident in his powers it's just nice to see somebody who has these abilities and is not bitching and moaning about having them he's like i have them i'm just gonna work with them and i'm gonna yeah exactly he's not like i don't know acting like put upon or anything and i would argue like even when he was getting like the visions or whatever he was still like well they work so we should follow up on them and stuff right. like that like and he's definitely past the point of early seasons like angsting about powers like he's literally in this episode he's so like casual like i have demon blood yeah. in my veins 
like I'm not normal. It's what it is. I'm like, that's right. You you grow. You evolve as a person. <laughs> Especially because like I don't know. I think he's being pretty forward about it. And Dean is like, I know you have secrets. And he's like, I don't. <laughs> that scene was so ridiculous to me. The where yeah. he's just like straight up lying directly to Dean's face repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so awkward. He's like, uh, I'm not lying. What would I lie about? And Dean's literally like, whatever. <laughs> and changes so the subject. Yeah, well, actually, I really liked that, though, because it felt very genuinely like a sibling interaction. It's just like, I don't know, the the whatever response in particular. Oh, yeah. Just like, I can't fucking deal with this, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely speaks to Dean's exhaustion with all of it that he's just like not even willing to fight about it absolutely and at this point i don't even know why these boys keep secrets from each other because they always get found out so quickly i mean they could at least come up with better lies like yeah. sam could very easily just obfuscate the truth instead mm-hmm. of like just being like i don't know what you mean <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm sure you could think of something that is true to say but not the whole truth of it If he thought for, like, a minute. (laughs) This is the part of the episode that the pacing starts to feel a little bit weird to me. Yes, I agree. Like, um, it's a little whiplashly. Like, we're just now thrown from scene to scene, and so much is happening in every scene. Yeah, I think, like, part of it is there's so many characters doing stuff. (laughs) Uh, Like, especially, like, Tessa being included. The Reaper Tessa, who was the one who tried to reap Dean in Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think we could have done without her. Yeah, I was like, have Pam or Tessa. Like, I don't need both. Yeah, we don't need both. Because I think Pam could have basically said all of that same stuff to Dean that Tessa did. Absolutely. But I will say, it's nice. (laughs) I feel like we were just talking about where are the seals? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And, and even, I think, the characters themselves are a bit disgruntled. Like, Ruby shows up and is like, I don't you care about the seals. <laughs> Sam's like, go away. <laughs> well, like, plus, the seals are fun from a writing standpoint because they have very strict rules that, like, the yeah. boys have to solve and play around. Like, it's such a good idea, and then we don't do them. It's weird. But, yeah, we get an episode with the uh, Rougarou. Like, <laughs> I love that's the one that we keep coming back to. Like, we're throwing our hands up. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I'm like, I'm right there with you. So, like, when we get to this, despite the fact that, like, from this point on, the episode is basically a hot mess, it's, I'm still like, at least they're thinking about the long term for a minute. Yeah, I will say it was not the easiest episode to watch while having COVID. I fucking told you. I fucking <laughs> told you, dude. I was like, this is not an episode that you're going to want to be out of it for because you were going to conk out. <laughs> but I wanted to see the next one, so I had to do it. Mm-hmm. See where it goes. Because I feel like we're going to get another plot episode after this. I'm telling you, I know we keep like hyping up the back half of this season, but there's a reason why... 
I get to episode like for me it's like 12 out of 14 it's really hard for me to not just watch all the way through 22 but I feel mm-hmm. like the one is next week's Ooh, yep. I'm excited yes after that point it's like ah! <laughs> <laughs> It is one hell of a ride. Yeah. Pam. Pam. Pam returns. I love her. And I'm so Same. mad that they killed her. <laughs> I know. Jordan when they blinded it. her, I'm like, yeah, it's, they got to bring her back to finish the yeah, job. Yeah, oh my God. Like, <laughs> the last time we were talking about Pam, you were like, what's Pam doing? She's got to come back for one episode so they can kill her off. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. Damn it. <laughs> I know. I'm always thinking of the survivors. They gotta kill them off. I'm just like, she's such a good character. I it just feels like a waste of resources. Not not of like the, the characters' resources and the story, but like the writers' resources when they're crafting. I'm like, yes. right. Obviously. And we discussed this before, but obviously they have Bobby, who ends up being kind of like a tool belt or catch-all for, like, a lot of different tropes and things they need to get done. But, like, they could really balance that out by having a character like Pam, who is so different from all the other characters and is, like, really fun and, like, challenges um, both Dean and Sam in every interaction that they have together. Like, so challenges them socially. Yes. It's just really disappointing. The one thing I'll say is that I love that she's just pissed off about this the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Even when she's dying. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> and fuck your daddy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only did she propel the boys, but I think there was a lot of room for her to give character development for Bobby as well. Because they do already have an established relationship where she does seem to trust him. Yeah, they have a dynamic. I want some Bobby flashbacks. We got baited with Bobby this episode. We did. Like, Castiel, I, I wanted more Angel, but I'm like, I also want more Bobby. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like they baited us with Bobby, but then we only got, like, a second of Cass. Yeah. <laughs> right? Rude! <laughs> <sighs> I'm so annoyed. I'm still so annoyed about the, the, the voice thing. The voice thing. Oh, that, yeah, the voice thing. Because he can mimic he the voice. He never does it again. He Ever. never, does, he never again. does that again. It's so dumb. What the hell? Or the lightning thing. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. What is with, like, characters having cool powers and then just instantly getting nerfed? Jeez. Okay, let me backpedal that. Because I know the answer is just that a lot of people write the show. And not everybody remembers everything all the time. <laughs> That's why you have a set Bible, though. You have, <laughs> you have this shit written down. <laughs> Shocking concept. <laughs> and then you have somebody whose job is to read it and heat ale over the head with it when you forget something. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was teasing so us with these cool angel powers. And yeah. for what? I just love, I love how, I love his entrance, though, that he's just like, what the hell? Guess again. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so goofy. I'm like, <laughs> I love Cass. It's like, he's, he's so, 
even in the beginning, he's such a fucking dork. And I, I right? do, don't get me wrong, I love where they take his character in terms of like obliviousness to culture outside of what angels do, which you'll be encountering pretty soon, Jordan. Um, so I don't feel too bad spoiling that. But it also is funny when he <laughs> is like, guess again. And like, <laughs> you know, but today you're my little bitch and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. He loses some of his snark, I think. Yeah. It's still such a fun. Oh, It's yeah. still such a fun little moment. Oh, though. yeah. Totally. But that's way ahead <laughs> of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Let's back it up. Uh, back it up. Back it up. Beep. Beep. Sorry. I will say the idea of the boys becoming what they hunt to do a hunt is so fun. Oh, I know, right? Oh, it's so good. And I think, like, one of the only scenes in the back half of this episode that I'm genuinely, like, excited about is the scene where they're learning to do ghost stuff. Yes, montage. Oh, it's so good. I think something about the dynamic between the two of them and uh, Cole, like the three of them together are just having such a blast. Like you can tell, like the actors are having fun. Um, (laughs) It's just so, so goofy. And I feel like it's such a slog to get to that moment. So when it happens, you're like, oh, man, this is fun. <laughs> yes. Because up oh, until that I loved point, it. it's like a whole bunch of stuff, plot facts constantly. It's, I feel like I'm reading a list. I'm like, okay, there's disembodied black smoke, and we got to save Reapers, and they're getting sacrificed on this day for that thing. And then here's this lady. Do you remember she did this stuff? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, <gasps> water but the water is emotional depth in the content (laughs) so i i had a lot of fun watching the montage because i didn't remember this episode right yeah so i was thinking of my fic and the montage i wrote in it and then i was watching them do it and it was even dean who was learning and i was like oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah you um totally deleted this episode from your memory and then like rewrote it (laughs) Yeah, it's fun, fun stuff. Everybody read Contingency by Cheerful Shinigami. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Very shameless plug. It's a great story. (laughs) But yeah, I wish more of the episode had had a little bit of that lightheartedness to it. Just the three of them just goofing off. Yeah, well, they tried to inject some of that, like, right when they, like, started being ghosts. Mm-hmm. And, like, Dean was, like, sticking his arms in Sam's chest and stuff, and they were just being dum-dums. But, like, I don't know. It just, I don't know, it bores me. I'm like, bleh, facts and stuff. <laughs> Can't you just, yeah. like, smush it into some more complex... Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> At the very least, just like quickly show me. Don't like just drag it out. Info dump on me about a world that we've spent a lot of time digesting. Yeah. Right, right. What did you think about um, when they're doing the ghost scene and Dean makes the crack about haunting of Victoria's Secret? Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> you know, listen, the thing that makes me nuts about that is that, like, didn't they literally just do 
having to prevent they've like they in um wishful thinking they were like they had to get the kid to to not be invisible spying in the locker room and i'm like didn't we already go over this and why we don't do this (laughs) also i feel jordan that this is okay to share with you early and it may be the fact that I've had some wine and I'm still drinking while recording this episode <laughs> that makes me think this. But I feel like you should know now that canonically, and it doesn't come up until season five, but canonically Dean has a panty kink. So uh, <laughs> that's the other half <laughs> of oh, yeah. where my head is at during this scene. I'm just like, Dean Winchester panty kink, Dean Winchester panty kink. <laughs> he's like let's go visit the victoria's secret oh my god of all the fix i've read with that tag and i fucking didn't put that together but he as a ghost so it's just floating panties yeah that actually sounds really fun i have two things first if you want to like depress yourself, go probably watch, go and peep in a Victoria's Secret and watch people try their best to fit into bras that they're going to have to wear for the next six years because it's all they can afford. Oh my God, right? They're just going to like hurt, especially a bra bought in 2009 where they were still all wire. Oh my God, right? Ugh. Oof. Back when most stores were pretending that the biggest a boob could get is double D. <laughs> right? And then also the whole, like, it shouldn't bug me as much as it does, but I just know that there's, like, that part of the fandom whenever they make, like, like, the you're such a prude joke or, like, the putting his hand inside him. I'm like, stop making these types of jokes because people cling on to that shit in this fandom. And I hate it. They're weird and I did think of that. But I'm like, they just make so many of those jokes that I'm like, I can see why those people come to this show. Right. Right. Ugh. Especially, I think, the don't be a prude one. And we're always talking about this. But why? I just want to know why, after they go through however many drafts, why do the incest jokes remain? How many sets of eyeballs look at that and they're like, "Mm, yes, incest. Hilarious. What is, like, why are you so fixated? It's weird. (laughs) It is. And, like, I can just move past if it was just, like, something that came up in the show occasionally, but it's, like, constant. Right. I have to think that, like, at this point, because it's four seasons in, that, like, they're just aware of, like, online shipping culture and that, like, Sam and Dean as a ship is, like, a thing. So they're, like, I don't know. You know? No, I get what you're putting down. I I could see them, yeah. I don't like it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> this show is for me and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> it could also be that they know Sam and Dean's, you know, codependent relationship is really fucking weird. So they're just kind of rolling with it, but kind of badly. So they're like, we know people are going to think it's weird. So we're just going to go like the distance with it, sort of. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or like balls to the wall. I get it. Yeah. I feel, okay, yeah. I don't like that, but that is an explanation I will accept. <laughs> um, On a completely different note, it's a little bit devastating to hear Dean admit to Tessa that he wished that he had died Poor as a result no. of that car accident. Damn, yeah, in, the, in season two, episode one. I'm like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like you spend all of like seasons two and three being like, Dean, please muster up a tiny bit of will to live. (laughs) And you kind of think he's got there um, once he's not in hell anymore. Like he thinks he's inherently bad for sure. And he thinks he doesn't deserve the good things that have happened to him i.e being resurrected but you kind of think that he's like at least like well i'm glad i'm not in hell (laughs) nope (laughs) Ah! oh my gosh and i feel like the end of the episode adds more weight onto that sentiment as well yeah so when we find out that you know dean had had some kind of like thought because it had been kind of fed to him a little bit by the angels that maybe like god had this greater plan for him and then like you kind of find out that like dean and sam were just chosen to be the angels gophers yeah and he's like well i mean i was brought back for this i don't know i just don't see it being good for his ego no oh and then to find out too from tessa that she's like you know you might not want to trust these angels they don't have the best intentions for you and she's a completely neutral party right and she's all like she's like dropping hard lines like there's no such thing as miracles and i feel like man that's such like a banger at the end of the episode too i mean obviously we end on on sam not dean but like so much of this episode is caught up in dean struggling to allow himself to believe in like the miracle of good people not having to die in this town like they don't have to die like those people deserve things too even if i don't deserve them and (laughs) just having her be like nah that's like really fake (laughs) that's just totally not real (laughs) (laughs) oof tessa i think like that moment is really good i still don't think we needed tessa like, Same. I don't know if this is the popular or unpopular opinion or what, but it's mine. I don't want to see Tessa again after season two, episode one. I don't care. <laughs> like, why do we have her? Yeah. Just have any other Reaper. <laughs> and I really liked where they left her in season two, too. So I feel like it. I didn't like them bringing her back for that reason as well. Right. It felt to me, honestly, like they were just trying to remind us that even though Anna isn't around, Dean still likes girls. (laughs) No, that's what it felt like, though. (laughs) Like, why? What was the reason? Like, they're kissing for whatever? Like, why? (laughs) Right. I was baffled. So dumb. (laughs) Also, like... It shouldn't have been funny, but I was, like, delirious with a fever while watching this episode, (laughs) and I could not stop cracking up at, like, their kissing, their, like, having angsty ghost stuff, and, like, Cole's mom is just, like, pacing back and forth, and, like, crying and doing shots. She looked like a sim. Right! (laughs) She's, like, walking past them, like, grabbing her purse and heading out to do errands or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so funny. I don't know why. No, it is. It is funny. It's the incongruity of it. Yeah. I don't know if that was the intended effect, but it did not make me feel like sorry for her. I was just like laughing. Ugh. Yeah, I won't lie. I was having some wine while watching the episode, so I too at least grinned. I don't. The one that really got me is when they were talking to each other and she was just sh- like sobbing into the picture book. <laughs> 
I don't know why, but it was just so funny. Yeah, they're like just talking about like the overarching plot and like the the lore of how like death and the transportation of souls works and stuff. And she's like looking at a scrapbook. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, get with the program, Mary. Right. I will say I love the idea of the angels having Sam and Dean go do things in physical places that they can't enter. And the whole look, like the whole aesthetic, like the softly glowing blue sigils all over the funeral home. Mm. Love it. That was great. Love it. It looks so cool. It was very neat. I loved it. And yeah, I like, I don't mind them being gophers for the angels so much as long as it was interesting what they were doing. Like, this episode was a cool concept, but it was just, despite all the stuff going on with Dean and his mental space, it was kind of dull. I don't know, just like you said. And it's like, it was incongruous between like all the different parts. It was just, there was too much fat in this episode. Like, we had like mentors, like we had... Pam, then we had Cole, then we had Tessa, who we were all supposed to gain new information from, and all the boys were supposed to take something away from each character. Yeah. It was just a lot to digest. Yeah, totally. Like, they had to choose one. I'm thinking Tessa. Like you said at the beginning, dense. Yeah. Well, especially, like, what if Cole had showed up instead of Tessa? They save the the faceless reapers from getting, like, hacked. And then he can telekinesis because we know he's a really strong ghost, a chain or something. Oh my god, you're so right, though. That would have been cool. It would have added a lot more to Cole's character and, like, him choosing to move on instead of, like, having to accept it. Yeah, I didn't like the fact that he got tricked into it. Like, I knew that's what was happening with Sam and everything, but that was still did him dirty. Definitely. Well, it seems like he kind of knew a little bit. Yeah, he kid wasn't dumb. It would have been cool if he had just gone in and saved their asses, though. That would have been, like, really good. Since we're at the funeral home scene, I do want to shout out this Alistair actor. This is my favorite Alistair actor. His name is Christopher Heyerdahl. Um, And this guy has been in, like, everything. He was in True Blood. He was on Helen Wheels. And he was recently, this is much more recently than those, he's in Them, in Peacemaker, in Chapelwave. And everything he's in, he is so good. And he is so fucking creepy. I think it's something about the nasal quality of his voice and, mm-hmm. like, the, the slow, ponderous delivery on top of that, of his lines. But, man, that guy just makes a real good villain. No, you're 100% right. I also was obsessed with this Alistair. He was good. And we've seen a lot of Alistair incarnations. We've seen a lot of demons. This was... I feel like he's like the third or fourth different Alistair. Yeah. Third at this point third. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And the best. And the best. Oh my gosh. He's so, so creepy. Oh my gosh. He's terrifying. <laughs> and of the things I listed, I particularly enjoy him in Hell on Wheels. He plays the Swede in that. And I think he's great. If people like Western expansion setting and, you know, r- railroad stuff and whatever highly recommends that show oh i know what you're talking about okay yeah he's like one of the big actors in that that's the one that also has common in it and he is so good who common the rapper oh (laughs) ripley's like ah this is why i did not know Yeah, but, like, other than that, I mean, it's kind of a meh scene. Like, once again, they're like, here are all of these facts about stuff. 
He's like, yeah. I am confirming that the four horsemen of the apocalypse exist. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, that's the scene. I don't know. There's like nothing else really interesting going on here. Once again, Dean just being like, Alistair. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> it was cool that they got ghost trapped. Yes. Very cool. I was kind of sad that they didn't uh, react more to getting shot with the uh, the rock salt, or at least one of them coming back and going, damn, that really hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, like, there was nothing. I guess Dean sort of pokes at Cass about it. It's like, well, you could have helped us out with the rock salt. The rock salt. But, yeah, that could have been, like, way more of a hindrance than it was. Yeah. I guess since they were stuck in the iron chain, it's not like they can really get sent very far. Yeah, true. I know I mentioned this earlier, but I love, like, the whole sequence of Pam scenes, like, fighting the demon and then Sam waking up and joining the fray. I think, like... Sam especially makes that scene really cool where he just like sits up and is like, oh, here we go. I'm taking care of this like immediately. Ugh, but it's just a fraction of a second too late. Pam. Yeah. My thing is Pam is such an interesting character. Like she really should have been the feature actress on this episode. I know. Like who the fuck? Ca- I'm sorry. Who cares about Tessa? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, just, like, her lingo, the fact that, like, even literally not just in her dying moments, but leading up to a losing battle while being completely blind, she never falters, she's, like, never loses her character, like, she's cool. Yeah, she is, she's a oh cool my gosh. character. And I love that she made, like, a TV reference that even Dean didn't get. Yes, so wonderful. That was hilarious. Ugh, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> Another reason to read Contingency. <laughs> Just saying. Pam is done right. And Anna. And Sam. Yay! Basically everybody. (laughs) We fixed it. (laughs) Her death scene is good, though. I gotta say. Like, I love... She's just like, Oh, well, looks like the Reaper was back in town. And she's like, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. By the way, you gotta quit doing what you're doing. That sucks. Excise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna miss her. Damn, she was too cool. Do you know that actress is like, I'm pretty sure she's like a trapeze artist. What? Yeah. I went on her IMDb page very briefly for a previous episode. And yeah, it had like her stage name for like some kind of fucking acrobatic act. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Also turns out she's not straight. Yes, we win again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just had to look her up. The actress's name is Thunderbird DeWindle. It is awesome. Wow. Right? That is hella queer. I know! <laughs> the scene with Cass is fun because he basically shows up and is like, good doggy, and then leaves. <laughs> yeah. There's something about Tessa being the romantic interest of this episode, them having a moment, and then Dean turning around and it's Cass standing there. Instead, it just feels a little fruity. Uh, I think <laughs> the word you're looking for is extremely. Yes, extremely fruity. <laughs> That's what I was going to say about, like, the way they sort of compare the two. Because, like, Tessa wanted to guide him to the afterlife. Cass dragged him out of it. 
You know, it's like it's not just where they are like frame to frame or like physically in relation to Dean. It's like, yeah, how they are with regards to Dean's story is very mirrored. And I'm like, you can't have Dean kiss Tessa and not have us draw conclusions like, sorry, babes. That's not how it works. (laughs) I think it would be interesting if Tessa had a chip off of her shoulder she does it a little bit towards Dean, but it would make much more sense for her to be more angry at Cass. Yeah. Because he's the one who actually brought him back. I think that would just be a fun dynamic of her just being kind of catty about it. Like, excuse right. me. Like, he was supposed to be dead. <laughs> he's got work to do, Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but now you're just contractually obligated to write that fic as well. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so many. you brought it up, and therefore, <laughs> it's your responsibility. Oh, no. <laughs> so, speaking of which, do we want to hear about today's fanfic? Yeah. Please. Okay. I'm going old school Jasper fic selections. This is a crazy AU that I haven't read, and I found it, and it just, something about it compelled me. And so, we're singling it out. It just looks good. It's called Don't Kill the Messenger by AO3 user Ping Nova. Summary, Father Castiel Novak investigates miracles for the Vatican. Can you see what I was searching for with this episode (laughs) when I was looking for fic? It's miracles. Anyway, while it's disheartening when they all end up fakes, he continues his relentless pursuit in the name of faith and science. After a particularly convincing case in Brazil is taken from him, he's reassigned to a believer in New York City who's blessed with the wounds of Christ. Except, Dean Winchester turns out to be no believer, and he and Castiel have very different ideas of what constitutes a divine gift. So, (laughs) this has got all the goodies (laughs) for me. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I read this and I was like, stigmata! (laughs) It's rated M. And it is actually a sort of crossover fusion between Supernatural and the 1999 movie Stigmata. The main ship is Destiel, and the characters other than Dean and Cass are Sam and some select angel characters as well as Bobby. Additional tags include Stigmata, Hurt Dean, Angst, AU Fusion, the 1990s, Mechanic Dean, Priest Cass, Protective Sam, Religious Imagery and Symbolism, Catholicism, Possession, Exorcisms, The Vatican, Blood and Gore, Bisexual Dean, Hallucinations, New York City, Temporary Major Character Death, Religious Homophobia, Cuddling. I love those two next to each other. That's a good pair of tags. (laughs) Anyway, John Winchester's A-plus Parenting, um, Minor Lisa and Dean, and Miracles. Um, And this was written for the DCBB in 2018. Oh, wow. Recent. Yeah, relatively recent, right? It was on the first page when I searched with the tag miracles, actually. Heck yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's 57,471 words long and has about uh, 6,500 hits, which is relatively small for uh, four years ago, like long fic that includes stigmata. Hello. 
<laughs> and it's a bang, right? Yeah, and it's, it was for the bang. Yeah, that's kind of small. Uh, yeah, and the art for it is really good. I like, granted, I didn't scroll all the way through, but like the, the art that's on the top is like really cool. I never saw Stigmata, but that was like the religious one from the 90s with one of the Arquettes, right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I haven't seen it either, so. I can check I and see which about. which one, <clears throat> which Arquette. I'm just like a sucker for religious imagery and Catholic trauma and all of that. Oh, this is the show for you. You just I, gotta go I to the know. Sarah Gamble I, episodes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Stigmata is uh, starring Patricia Arquette and Gabriel Byrne. Oh, that's a good cast. I like Patricia yeah. Arquette. She's doing real well now. Yeah, I love the idea of that. Oh, she was the one, the true crime story. She was the star of that, about the girl who, sh the Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, Jesus. I, I never watched the last episode of that. It was too much, actually. The last episode is honestly the best episode, but it's there's a reason to go back, because it's just the curmudgeons episode. <laughs> uh um, Ripley curmudgeons is like an inside joke about none of us being able to pronounce comeuppance correctly <laughs> on the oh. podcast. Yeah, the comeuffins. <laughs> or comeuffins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's such a big part of this show is those, those comeuffins. <laughs> but anyway. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, I haven't read it yet, as I mentioned, but I'm really looking forward to reading this one. Like, come on, they have an epigraph that's like a Bible quote? I, it's like made for me, frankly. Although, like, I'm not usually <laughs> like a big AU person. I, I like the canon universe, you know? I'm very mm -hmm. fond of it. You spent a lot of time indulging in it, I imagine it's hard to break away. Oh my god, right? I don't know, I think I just get like... If it's not exactly right, I get a certain level of secondhand embarrassment slash cringe oh, from, fair. like, a complete AU. You know what I mean? I just, like, it has to be extremely, I don't want to say extremely good, because I feel like that doesn't mean anything. Extremely close in vibe, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it has to make um, a particular kind of use of the thematic content and the characters themselves. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this before, but sometimes you read a fic and, like, a character is just randomly named Lucifer, and you're like, I... Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, who named their child this? <laughs> all right, all right. I learned my lesson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen... It's it's a me thing, okay? It's not an anyone else thing. It's just me. But if anyone <laughs> has read this fic, um, let me know. Because I'm interested and I want to know how it is. But with that, I think it's time to read the episode. Ooh. You know, maybe COVID brain is just making me nice, but I'm going to give it a 3.5. Wow. Out of 5 Pam stabbings. Because even though the pussy <laughs> was bad... <laughs> And, and there was too many characters, there was too much fat in this episode. I do feel like, you know, I'm bring that down to a three, but I still felt like it was interesting. <laughs> there was a lot of fat. This was a, a husky episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Ripley? I'm going to give this three fake Bobby phone calls out of five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because this was 
not what we were expecting on the tin when we first started the episode, but it, it didn't throw everything off completely. We still learned some things, still got some things out of it. So not a complete loss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to give this a three. Um, this is going to be a three out of five spooky wind chimes for me um, because, yeah, I mean, they just threw a lot of stuff. This was like spaghetti on the wall. They were like, hey, let's go, like just throwing everything. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, but managed to make it boring, which I'm offended by. Um, so there. But there were some good scenes and some intense moments, especially towards the end. And like actor performances were incredible. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those ambivalent kind of kind of moments. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though it was a Same. Dean episode, I felt more towards Sam. Well, I guess it's time for my predictions. What next? What is in store for us? Now that you have all of this extra information, now that you have all of these extra ominous vibes, what's going to happen? Well, so here we're at a very pivotal moment in the boys' agency because we have two things going on. Sam has now been told by a trustworthy person that there, there is nothing good to come out of his powers. Yeah. Which everyone is so hard on him about. Like, these powers are fucking useful. They would have been dead way more times if he was not I using know, them. But right? that's besides the point. But yeah. So he has to now make the decision to start playing the game, how he's supposed to play it, or totally succumb to it. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to give us a little bit of, like, anyone who hasn't seen Buffy, close, cover your ears, but, like, <laughs> a Willow season five moment where he's going to have to, like, it's not going to be his choice. He's going to have to, he's going to succumb to it, and he's going to have to be taken back from it. Um, and then for Dean, he now knows his place amongst these angels that have been giving him commands. Yeah. And so now he has to decide, do I still keep working for these mofos? One, I think the Sam thing's going to come a little later. I think the next episode, the angels are going to ask the boys to do something. And it's going to be something that there's going to be like a moral thing. And Dean's going to have to make the choice whether he, this is where they're going to have to pick sides. So I think next episode is going to be really interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you for a fact that the next episode is really interesting. I think it's one of the best uh, episodes, at least between season four and five. So, yep, it's a classic. Mm hmm. Excited. I'll be very sad if you don't like it. <laughs> oh no, pressure. I mean, if I rated this one a three, I'm sure next one will be fine. Um, so I can I can promise you that I am excited to see what of your predictions come true in the future. As always, as always, I'm sitting here like with my little schemey hands. <laughs> I look like a cartoon villain going. <laughs> oh, you you steepled your fingers. Yes, steepled, yes. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I know there's a word for this. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Bye. Bye. Bye.